Hello, my name is Flick Beckett and welcome to The Love of Cinema, a Picture House podcast proudly sponsored by Kia, the champion of independent cinema nationwide. For today's programme, we were honoured to speak with Bandit Queen director Shakur Kapoor about his new film, What's Love Got To Do With It?, starring Lily James, Shazad Latif and Emma Thompson. Bye. 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 Ah, salam, Aisha. <laughs> what? She still can't say it. Assalamualaikum, Aisha. There you go. Oh, that's exactly what I just said. Oh, is that grinder? Anyone we should meet? No. I'm getting married. You are? Who's the lucky lady? Don't know yet. What do you mean? I'm getting an arranged marriage. Well, assisted marriage. That's what we're calling it these days. Dare I ask, what about love? You grow to love the person you're with. What, like Stockholm Syndrome? <laughs> So welcome, Shikhar Kapoor, to the Picture House podcast. So I understand you had your UK premiere last night. How was that for you? Yeah, like, uh, what's the premiere like for a director? Uh, <laughs> you sit there and say, well, they're not laughing. Oh, they're not crying. They're not, what's going on? Why are they moving? Why are they shifting? And you suddenly wish that you had an atomic bomb that explained, the, you know, destroy the whole world. What else is art all about except pain and and insecurity and doubt till suddenly you hear this huge applause and say, and you look around yourself and say, what are they applauding? <laughs> you know, it's just like, that's what creative people are like. We're crazy. No wonder we all die schizophrenic. <laughs> so that wonderful scene in the film where um, Zoe is pacing up and down outside her documentary, that's probably based on your real life experience. Yeah, yeah. There was more of that. You know, one day when you get a director's cut, you'll realize there was a lot more of Emma. There was a lot more of this. Yeah. Oh, that's why they released there. And actually in that, the scene was there was one poor person going to the bathroom. Just all, all she did, remember? And, and, and Lily just did that instinctively. She kind of looked at her as if she was going to attack her. Like, out there, you go to the toilet while you're watching my movie. Did you hate it? You see all those doubts on Lily's head, like, oh, God, what's going on? But, you know, these things that you, these little moments, little moments that you tend to lose in, in terms of, Oh my God, people will, by this time, people will want to go eat some popcorn, so you better make your film shorter. <laughs> but the, uh, no, there are so many moments of those. Yeah, those, yes, I know what it's like pacing up and down. Fantastic. And can you tell me your, uh, what's loved got to do with it journey? So when did it all start with you? Are you, were you friends with Jemima Khan and um, her fabulous? I knew, yeah, I knew Jemima because sometimes she used to come to India or Mumbai. And we had a common friend because she was married to Imran still at that time. And Imran and I were friends. Although I probably get killed in India for saying that right now. But if we India, Imran and I, I mean, if this political situation didn't exist and we would still be, you know, hugging and, you know, slapping each other's backs. But it was more working title because working title were producing this film. And I had done Elizabeth and Golden Age with working titles. So they brought the script to me with Jemima, of course. And, and uh, you know, I often wonder why people come to me, but they probably came to me because I might have a little more understanding of that culture. And then I went on to make a film where I tried to prove that you don't need to understand a culture at all because this culture is exactly the same as your culture. And that's the understanding you need. Not that you understand, oh, that's how those people think. No, that's how you think. That's the reason to make films like this. And I saw that possibility in, in, in this film. So, yeah, it was... Then Jemima and I became friends. But as I keep telling Jemima all the time, that if two people highly creative, highly passionate about their creativity, 
of their creativity agree all the time, then one of them is lying. So yeah, we had a lot of run-ins and we continue to have a lot of run-ins at the end, you know, of the end of this journey, which will one day we'll meet again, maybe do another film, maybe not. But we say, that scene you killed, Shekhar. I said, Jemima, but that scene that you wrote and that I took and there was no emotion in it, but did you see the emotional screen? It's a conflict. It's between a writer and a and and a director. It's constant conflict and there would be no creativity without conflict. Oh, was ever thus, I am quite sure, between directors and writers. It, it leads to, you know, even the earth and the sun are in constant conflict. Earth's trying to get away from the sun, the sun's trying to keep it together. So that in that conflict, there's a creative harmony between the planets. Exactly. And it is such a smart, warm, funny script around a really interesting subject. And I don't think I've seen it tackled so objectively in one way, I thought it was very clever that Zoe was a documentarist. And so you had this kind of lack of judgment and then you had the full judgment in a way coming from her as her character. I thought that was a very clever dynamic. Was that something that you worked with Jemima on or was that something that came oh, to no, you? That was, that was always in the script. There, mm. were, there was one thing that was in Jemima's script, the fact that it was a documentary filmmaker that actually went out to examine that which she did not believe in and ended up falling in love with that which we did not believe in and started to believe in. No, that was always in Jemima's script. And there was another thing that I really loved about the script that everybody keeps saying, this the use of nursery rhymes. And I always told Jemima, and I still tell her, that that was still, it was unfinished, but we did it in the film, and it turned out really well, because, had, you know, a film goes through various cuts, you know, and then somebody says something and something says something. And... uh Nobody said, you can't define it. And I said, well, that's what I love about it, that it's not definable. You can't define this idea. Or where is this idea leading to? And um, one day when everybody had doubts about it, I said, guys, that's the only reason I did the film, is because those things are there. There were these undefined things in the film that I really loved. Uh, and the nursery rhyme, the attempt, it wasn't like the attempt to use nursery rhymes with kids to tell a different story. So in, in, in the audience's heads, it created a conflict. You know, these are nursery rhymes, and yet it's talking about sex and being degrading yourself. Like, where is this leading to? And that kind of conflict in itself tells a story. And I that, those are the things that I completely loved about the film. And those are the things that I wouldn't let go. I was just, well, come on, Jamal, that's why we, we I love the script so much. Definitely. It, yeah, it gave it a, a, a different edge. And I and I, I, I completely agree. I really enjoyed hearing the, the, the twist on the yeah. tales rather than what one was expecting. And I thought it was very sensitive towards the subject that it was tackling, which is arranged marriage. And lots of people have very passionate opinions about something of which they don't really know. So did you feel, having been immersed in both cultures all your life that you fairly represented what was what was going on for you or was it more about just making a really great rom-com or both i would say that at, at, at the cost of being completely without any humility that it's a really great film is it a really great rom-com well i don't know what a rom-com means so i can't say yes or no to that question but what you're feeling came out of the performances there was a certain sense of being in every actor and that came out 
by the constant questioning within themselves from, from me in the rehearsals with the actors and talking to them, the encouragement of them to find these characters within themselves. So if they can find the characters within themselves, then you get a sense of compassion and a sense of reality. So you're not looking at anything, judging it. Because if you're looking at anything, judging it, then of course these questions arrive. What is your opinion? Do you think they're right or they're wrong? You're not. You're actually looking at it through the eyes of the character. And the moment you look at the eyes of the character, there's a complexity of the way that you look at of, of an idea. And that complexity comes across because I had such great actors. I was so lucky in this film to have these actors that could actually do that. They could get, they could fall into the characters. So this idea that does the film judge a rom-com or does it not, or does it say it's bad or good, is not an imposition about the telling of the film. It is the, 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 the emotional conversation of the actors within their own souls that they're able to portray. Let's go somewhere new. See worlds we've never seen before so that we can feel inspired. Whether you're sitting in a cinema or in one of our cars, inspiration comes when we feel something new. That's why our electrified range is designed to take you on inspiring journeys. Kia, proud supporter of independent cinema. Kia, movement that inspires. Particularly, I um, enjoyed Cass's parents, Jeff Mirza and Shabana Azmi, as Zahid and Aisha Khan, uh, because yeah. their characters were so full and complex and and so full of love. And like you say, the compassion that one has towards these characters, it, 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 I, I really enjoyed that my judgment was stripped from me yeah. by the... Yeah. Extraordinary acting. You're asked to be with them. And and Shavana, of course, was in my first film ever. Yeah, and it's like all these years later, we came together again to do a film. So it's almost like we started where we left off. There wasn't all this gap in between. And they're both such amazing actors, of course. Shavana's the only actor I know in India that had to refuse getting a Best Actor award because you have to give others a chance. So, but she's, uh, yeah, she's, she's amazing actor. She uh, really, yes, I was really blown away by them both. And was she some, did you have her in mind when you were casting? Do you think, oh, this is perfect? All the time. She she was my first choice. I always wanted her. Because she's so good at, at what she does, at being honest about it. Very honest. Yeah. Yes, it was a fearless performance, I thought. That's what acting is about, isn't it? It's fearlessness. It's, it's, you're not afraid to unravel yourself in front of the camera, in front of audiences. You're unafraid to reveal yourself. And you have an actor's intelligence. And if you have an actor's intelligence, and if you have a human intelligence, the human humanity to understand where the character is coming from and somehow bridge that into where you, your life experience is, when you bring your life experiences to the where the character is coming from, it ceases to become a rom-com, just a rom-com. It becomes real life. Yes, I'm sorry I said rom-com, <laughs> but it was a, it was it's very unusual for a romantic comedy, I suppose, to be so um, insightful 
and so revelatory sometimes, but other times they're almost by stealth, they can be incredibly revelatory. And you think, oh, I'm just watching a rom-com and actually you're watching something quite life-changing. <laughs> yeah. It's also, you know, uh, there's an old Rumi saying that open wounds are where the truth really comes in, but it's the same true about telling jokes. You're unaware when you're laughing what else is coming in. You just, you, you lose, you lose control of you. You lose, you, you lose control of, of, of your armor. Your armor's gone. The moment your armor's gone, you can just put stuff in when you're not looking. And that's the great thing about comedy. Definitely. Listen, Shakespeare showed that to us. You know, Shakespeare said so many things in, in terms of comedy. He was the master of that, you know. In the comedy, was suddenly he's saying such amazing truths. And let's just briefly talk about your two female leads in Lily James and Emma Thompson. What a wonderful mother and daughter pairing. Just perfect. Was that, again, your two first choices? Nothing is my first choice till they say yes. But yeah, both of them were my first choices, absolutely. And I was told you'd never get them. Yes. And then we went out to get them. And of course, don't ever say to a director, you can't get that actor. You're just challenging them. But no, I'm so we were so lucky that we got them both. Emma said yes. Uh, I think it was more Jemima's charm that did that. And with uh, Lily, it was... I think we started, I started to talk to Lily during lockdown and we created a relationship on WhatsApp long before we ever met and, and explored what the film was really about. And I remember the words like intimacy coming in there and what is love except a search for intimacy? <clears throat> and what is love and what is not love? Love is not ownership. Love is not this, love is not that, love is not this. Then what is it? No, it's a question. It's a longing. It's a yearning. And I remember these conversations coming up with Lily before I ever met her. Yeah, she she definitely brought an extraordinary authenticity to her character, I felt. And with uh, Emma, I was... I, I, I can't say that I wasn't a fanboy that was trying to be very... I, I'm a director, I know what I'm doing, and most directors don't know what they're doing. Because if you did know what you're doing, then why do it? You know, uh, so, yeah, I remember sitting in front of Emma being, trying to be very confident, knowing that this 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 actor is going to look straight to me and know where I'm. But the great thing about great actors is when in doubt, ask them what to do. So when in doubt, and with Emma, I would just say, so what do you think? What do you think you should be wearing? What do you think you should be doing? You What do you think was should be your relationship? And you develop this art of, of saying, I think that's what you're doing. Ah, Emma, that's exactly what I thought. <laughs> Like, I should be wearing this. And I say, yeah, Emma, how, how did you know that? It's exactly what I wanted you to wear. So, And she did look fantastic. Yeah. I loved her outfits. Yeah, no, this was Emma herself, and we love to take credit. But hang on. You know, I'm hoping that not too many people hear your podcast. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just a big, big sham. The whole of England will hear this. I'm, oh, sorry. I'm in trouble now. <laughs> Okay. I want to ask you about cinema. It's such a huge part of Indian and Pakistani life, and you've been immersed in it your whole career. And we are in England, you know, like, 
cinema took a bit of a beating recently and to just have people coming back to the cinema tell me what it means for you to have people coming to see your film in the cinema i think that in 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 say chinese indian cinema and now you know what we're watching in korean cinema a lot of the cinema from the east we tell mythic stories underlying even anything intellectual there's a fundamental myth because we have this great belief that we are mythic beings to us being born is a mythic event falling in love is a mythic event being betrayed is a mythic event somebody leaving you forever is a mythic event dying is a mythic event we our lives are defined by understanding of the fact that everything that we see ourselves surrounded by are mythic in the west they call it melodramatic we call it mythic so what happened in the west in 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 filmmaking they got embarrassed about melodrama because they took myth and called it melodrama so they were held back so in the east when you go in india when you go to see a film you're looking for mythology to de- redefine your life and yes of course it's escapism yes of course but fundamentally it's escapes escapism through mythic ideas right so that's where i think cinema has survived constantly in india is because we want to go there and be part of of a huge crowd going through mythic ideas and mythic events not intellectual not melodramatic and that's been my constant conflict with friends of mine who say oh yeah so melodramatic i say no we are mythic it's the same thing you in in the west people have started to define themselves and hold back from melodrama this like i remember doing a film for feathers and somebody said what did you learn i said i learned that the idea that the british used to do is that if somebody died you were not not allowed to express grief grief was forbidden whereas if you go to india we look for moments in our, in our films where everybody could beat their chest and cry and then be mythic about things that we should be grieving about whereas in the west grief is not is is you're embarrassed you've made it an embarrassed event to express grief so that's why cinema survives because in a large screen you all grieve together you laugh together you and you see your own life unfold in in a mythic way you do oh shikha kapoor it's been such a pleasure speaking with you today thank you so much and thank good you. luck with what's love got to do with it it's a wonderful film thank you thank you very much thank you